0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. Another day, another 50 minutes of crazy shit going on in this world and in this country. And last night, it got especially scary. I mean, really scary. And we'll talk about that in a few moments. But as you know, I implore you to send me emails, whether you have questions, comments, complaints, and that you can do that by sending those emails to rationalboomer@gmail.com, rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or if you go to anchor.fm, look for the Rational Boomer podcast, you can leave a voicemail message. As luck would have it, we have two emails to read. <laughs> now, this first one is the first time I've heard from this woman. And I'm hoping she's doing this tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I have a feeling she is. But it's a it's a good letter, so I'm I'm going to read it. Hi, Mike. I recently found your podcast show uh, from your TikTok. I figured out from your comments you are a fellow 1960 baby. That's exactly right. I was born April 16, 1960. You have restored some but not much of my faith in the stale, pale males of my generation. <laughs> so K- Karen is actually... Um, uh, qualifying we people born in the 1960s as stale, pale males. Now, let me just think about some of my friends that were born in the same era. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) That's pretty accurate, Karen. I know you're looking for a catchy hashtag to tie Republicans to Putin. Here's a couple. Let me know if you think they're catchy enough. Now, this is where I'm hoping it's tongue-in-cheek, because, well, you'll hear The first one is, hashtag, if you vote Republican, you need your head examined after you pull it out of your ass. (laughs) The second one is, Putin loves you and Trump the same, like useful idiots. And the last one is, hashtag Republicans, Putin and you, perfect together. (laughs) Now, I like the sentiment. I like the sentiment, Karen, but they're a little long. They're a little long. It's going to be hard for for uh, these to catch on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment. She says, I could go on, but should I? No. No, that's not necessary. Catchy or no? Good. The sentiment's good. Catchy? Yeah, not so much. I enjoy your show. Karen. Well, thank you very much, Karen. I appreciate it. Taking the time, and uh, I like the letter. Funny. The second one is from Fred. Now you've heard from Fred before. Hey Mike, the serial emailer is back. I've heard on the last couple of podcasts about countries in the EU giving 70 jets to Ukraine. I believe Slovakia, Hungary and Romania were the countries providing the jets. Unfortunately, I read this morning that the deal fell apart and no jets will be coming from EU. It's not great news. It's in In its place, countries like the U.S. and the U.K. and Germany have been providing or already provided Stinger and Javelin missiles. Not the same as a fighter, but uh, will definitely help. Keep up all you do and all the best, Fred. Now, I hadn't heard that. I heard a day or so ago, two days ago, that EU was going to provide 70 fighter jets to Ukraine, They were going to drop them off in Poland. Ukrainian pilots were going to pick them up. They were going to go back to Ukraine and use them in the war. And I thought it might be especially good uh, thing given that we had this 40 mile long Russian convoy headed toward Kiev. With 70 jets, you can pretty much take out a convoy of sitting ducks like that pretty easily. But now the jets aren't coming. How does a deal like that fall through? Now, I've been in business for many years, and I've had many deals fall through. It's very frustrating. It's upsetting. And it's usually because some dipshit doesn't do what they're supposed to do. This is a little different situation. Nobody's exchanging money. They're just offering help for a war that's going on in Ukraine. They say they're going to do it, and then it falls apart. Is that what really happened? I don't know. I'll tell you this, Fred. Some of the things you hear in the news aren't always accurate. Whether there were 70 jets coming or not, who knows? Whether they reneged on the offer, who the fuck really knows these days? But I haven't heard of any uh, <clears throat> 70 jets running around Ukraine, so apparently Fred is correct. I just I just don't get how something like that falls through under these circumstances? I mean, it's obviously pretty dire circumstances, and these EU countries have been helping a lot. Uh, why would you say it and then not do it? I don't know. I mean, what? What Ukraine not like the color or what? That's fucking ridiculous. I, I don't get it. But since we're talking about that forty-mile-long Russian convoy that's headed to Kiev, I got this question. I've been hearing about this convoy for four days. How fucking long does it take to get to Kiev, for Christ's sake? Now, the Russians would have you believe that they're just regrouping, and they're going to pounce. Yeah, that's bullshit. Apparently, they're running out of resources, just little things like fuel and food, and the Russian soldiers are getting fed up and scared and... They're uh, surrendering and walking away from the convoy. Yeah, that's what's going on. It's a fucking mess in Ukraine. But over and above that, the entire Russian army is fucking incompetent. I mean, they would like you to believe that Russia has the strongest military in the world. But when they come to Ukraine, all of a sudden they turn into the apple dumpling gang, for Christ's sake. They do everything wrong. They're still fighting against a foe that they believe they could beat in 72 hours. But uh, still, they're not getting to Kiev as yet. They've encircled Kiev, and the plan is to take Kiev. They did take one other town uh, earlier yesterday. Uh, but uh, what's going on with Russia is pretty pretty fucking ridiculous. The funny thing about it is is that uh, Putin is waging kind of an information war. Now, all of the world knows what fuck-ups they are and how badly they're doing in this situation. But Vladimir Putin controls the media in Russia. And it's his goal to keep Russia, the citizens, on his side, feeling like he's doing a good job, that he's brave and he's strong and he's tough. Now, the message he's giving the people back in Russia is that Ukraine is run by a bunch of Nazis, even though the president is Jewish, and uh, that they attacked Russia, and they're just trying to finish the job. Now, here's the weird thing. A large part of the people in Russia believe that bullshit. Now, I'd be embarrassed for them, but uh, of course, we have a large number of people in this country that Donald Trump is Jesus. So what the fuck? The thing about it is, is many of the young people in Russia are not buying it. They're getting information from other sources, and they realize what's going on, and they're kicking up about it, protesting. And so there are those kinds of problems in Russia, and we're going to talk more about that because I think Vladimir Putin does have a plan to deal with those people that are threatening an uprising. See, now, Russia has been purposely shelling residential and civilian areas, even though he said they would not do that. Of course, he did say he wasn't going to invade Ukraine, and he did. He said he wasn't going to try to occupy Ukraine. And that's exactly what he's doing. And, of course, he said he would avoid civilians and uh, residential areas. But now it seems like he's purposely trying to hit those areas. This guy's a monster. He's a psychopath. He's a sociopath. He's a narcissist. He's a dangerous man. Whatever comes out of his mouth, he expects to be believed as the gospel, even though whatever comes out of his mouth is a fucking lie. I mean, how is this any different from Donald Trump? It's not. It's the exact same kind of personality. The only difference is that Vladimir Putin's a little smarter and a lot more dangerous. And then last night, Russia then started shelling Europe's largest nuclear power plant. The plant was burning for a time, and... uh, Just to give you an idea how dangerous this is, you probably remember another Ukrainian nuclear power plant. Now, this is when Ukraine was part of Russia, but this plant melted down. And, of course, I'm talking about Chernobyl and what a horrific tragedy that was and a mess, not only for the people in Russia or in the USSR, but uh, for people anywhere near the area. There were thousands of people affected. Many people died. Well, here's the problem. The nuclear power plant that they were shelling last night is ten times bigger than Chernobyl. Now, if this was to melt down, it could impact hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions of people, hundreds of thousands of deaths. But the thing about it is, is, It's not like it would all stay in Ukraine, like Chernobyl didn't. If this were to melt down and uh, release radiation, depending on how the wind is blowing, it could affect NATO countries, it could affect Ukraine, but it could even affect Russia. So what the fuck are you doing? That's just flat out crazy. So he's shelling this thing. There's a fire going on. Well, fortunately, the shelling stopped. And fortunately, the fire was restricted to a training area. Radiation is at normal levels and the fire is being put out. Now, when I did this on TikTok, I did it while this was all going on. And then later the fire went out or they were putting the fire out and the shelling stopped. And of course, I get fucking knuckleheads on TikTok that come on and say, the fire's out, fake news, it's not a big fucking deal. I tried to explain to him that's not how TikTok works. It's I wasn't live when I was doing this. It was recorded. And when I recorded it, this shit was going on. So then after, I did another recording explaining the way it was. It's funny. There are people out there that want to prove you wrong at every turn. And then they want to rub it in your face. These are the people that don't have the courage to do a TikTok or a podcast or speak out. They just want to shit on somebody else. And I don't mind you want to shit on me. I don't fucking care. You don't mean anything to me. Especially if you have this kind of attitude and you're just out looking for trouble. If it were another situation or if we were in person and you were looking for trouble, I'd be happy to give it to you. And I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about telling you exactly what I think. But unfortunately, if I get into some... Um, back and forth on tiktok then they get upset and then they try to pull the video down and it's just just not worth the fucking time now the thing is a lot of people heard okay the shelling's done the fire's being put out we're out of danger it's no big deal no no You have to understand that no country has ever shelled a nuclear power plant in war. Ever, ever, ever. And you know why? It's a fucking war crime. And Russia just did it. Now, of course, this is allegedly under control now. But when the sun comes up, they're going to be able to see what kind of damage is going on. They had to shut down the reactors. Now, keep in mind, there are cooling operations going around this and if you don't keep it cool it could melt down so in spite of the fact that the shelling is done and the fire may be put out that doesn't mean they're out of trouble it just means it's settled down now and now they have to look and see if there's any other problems then of course you're talking about vladimir putin you're talking about russia do they start up again <clears throat> well that's possible i mean they shouldn't have started up in the first place they did something that was unprecedented So the fact that they may start up again, not out of the realm of possibility. Moreover, there's like 13 nuclear power plants in Ukraine. They could hit any one of those fucking things. So don't be too confident. Don't feel too comfortable because the shelling on that particular thing was uh, stopped. Vladimir Putin is being currently investigated for international war crimes, (laughs) and it would be nice to see him to stand trial, go to The Hague, and uh, be convicted of war crimes. But what you need to understand about this, that is not something that's imminent. They're going to go through an investigative thing. And what he did with the... uh, With the nuclear power plant, the civilians, and the residential areas, and the kindergartens, and all this shit, those are all war crimes. He could stand trial for those things. But here's the deal. They're going to investigate him. They might bring him to trial. And for the life of me, how do you get him to come to trial? How do you get him to be held accountable? Do you go into Russia and grab him? I doubt that. And the thing about it is, is if there is a, a trial, a war crimes trial, it's like years down the line. We've got problems now that we've got to contend with. We've got issues now that we've got to work on. So the whole idea that, oh, he'll be tried for war crimes. Yeah, maybe he will. But it ain't going to be for a while. It'll be after this this Ukrainian war is probably done regardless of how it ends up. So it's 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 nice that they're talking about trying him for war crimes. But uh, don't get too excited about it. It's not something we're going to see for a while. Now, President Macron from France spoke to Vladimir Putin yesterday for about 90 minutes. The most compelling thing that came out of that conversation that we heard was that Macron believes that with regards to Putin, the worst is yet to come, which is frightening when you consider the horrific destruction we've already seen. I mean, how much fucking worse can it get? We've got innocent people dying, people being displaced. You know, I, I sit and watch the videos, and I'm just annoyed and upset and angry every time I watch them. Here are these people living in this beautiful country, trying to live their best life, trying to be peaceful, trying to be decent people. But then some fucking clown comes in and tries to invade them, displaces them, kills some of them, terrifies them. I mean, what he did with that uh, power plant was essentially terrorism. A fucking big ass country like Russia, a nuclear power, is now a terrorist country. I'm afraid that's what we might have turned into had Donald Trump won in 2020. Donald Trump's all about terrorism, all about authoritarianism, and all about uh, doing horrific things to anybody that gets in his way. Sounds just like Vladimir Putin. The only difference is Vladimir Putin actually has that kind of power in his country. And so it's very, very scary to watch this whole situation. Um we've got uh, um, we're looking at w- how we're going to fix this. And the fact of the matter is there's only one way to fix this. There's only one way to fix this at all is to somehow take Vladimir Putin out of the equation. Vladimir Putin is not going to stop doing what he's doing. He's already been shamed throughout the world. He's been sanctioned in every possible way. By the time the sanctions all take effect, his country will be crippled. His people will be suffering. They're already suffering, but it's nowhere near how bad it is going to get. And he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care about the people of his country. In fact, you know, I talked about the information war that he has. He's trying to make these people believe that he is the hero in this story, that uh, it's a bunch of Nazis down in Ukraine running that country and that they attacked him and that he's fighting back and he's the conquering hero and he's going to teach them a lesson. And as I said, there's a lot of people in his country that believe him, the older folks, Uh, the country folks, I'm guessing, much like the trump fucks here. But the younger people see what's going on. They know. They are getting the information. So they are kicking back. They are um, uprising. They are protesting. And that's problematic for Vladimir Putin. So what does Vladimir Putin do in that situation? Well, so far I heard what he's thinking about doing is instituting martial law in Russia. Let the military handle everything. Nobody can do anything. Can you imagine that? We've got a guy who is for no reason attacking a peaceful country. No reason other than his own fucking ego. And in order to maintain control in his own country, when he's devastating his own country economically, he decides he's going to institute martial law. This guy is a walking shitstorm no matter where he goes. Everybody he touches, everybody he's involved in is somehow harmed, and it's all to benefit him. It's all because of his ego. I'm going to be interested to find out, if they do institute martial law, what's going to happen there? How are people going to react? We've got the oligarchs losing all kinds of money. Now their boats are getting seized. They're losing money per- permanently. And what you have to understand is a lot of these oligarchs handle Vladimir Putin's money. He doesn't have it in his own name. He doesn't keep it in Russia. The oligarchs have been handling a lot of it. And so if they are freezing oligarchs' billions, they may be freezing much of what uh, Vladimir Putin has. This has got to piss him off. He was talking uh, yesterday to, uh, I don't know, his his administration or whatever, but we all got to see it. And it was really interesting watching him. I've learned how to read people. And what I see from Vladimir Putin in that meeting where he was talking, he did some weird things. He obviously looked agitated. He looked angry. He looked upset. There was even one point while he was talking, he stood up like he was going to walk out. But then he sat back down again and continued to be angry. We've seen him dress down his higher-ups in his administration. Something's bugging this guy. And could it be that you've gone into a war that you couldn't handle as well as you thought you might? That you're looking incompetent? That you're looking foolish to all the world? Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. But he still goes back on one of these broadcasts and he says, You know... (laughs) This war is going exactly like I expected. Yeah, right, Vladimir. It's not going anywhere near like you expected. If it had gone like you'd expected, you'd be done by now. You expected it be done in 72 hours. We're now going past a week. But he's still got to play this off. He's still got to be the smart guy, the strong guy, and somehow make the Russian citizens believe that that's who he is. But it's starting to come apart at the seams. People are finding out. He's looking foolish. And as I've said before, when you take a narcissist like this and you make him look foolish, well, then that's when they are dangerous. That's when they start flailing. That's when they get violent. That's when they start shelling a fucking nuclear power plant. That's when they start shelling kindergartens, residential areas, civilian areas. This fucker doesn't care. He's trying to terrify everybody in that country and get them out of the country. He's trying to terrify the government and be able to take over the government. But guess what? Zelensky is still popping up all over the place, still fighting against the Russians, and he's still alive. And I think that upsets Vladimir Putin to no end. As I said in yesterday's podcast, he uh, brought in a Chechen assassination team to get Zelensky. Unfortunately, the Ukrainians kind of dispatched those Chechen assassina- uh, assassins. Didn't work again. Vlad Putin fucked up again. Doesn't this all sound so familiar? If you want Donald Trump to fuck up, just let him talk, let him do something. And now it seems to be catchy because that's what's happening with Vladimir Putin. Let him talk. Let him do something. And he looks like an idiot. But he does the same thing that Donald Trump does. You see what happens. You hear what happens. But yet they'll still tell you, no, that didn't happen. Don't believe what you see. Just believe what I tell you. (laughs) It's kind of a sad situation. I mean, I remember back in the old days when we were young, we had some... Pretty shitty leaders in this world. But none of them were exposed for the ignorance and incompetence that Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin have shown. They've always had a way to guard themselves. We never knew what was going on. And part of the problem now is the media. Everybody's in the media, everybody has a smartphone. Everybody can take videos. So you got people all over Ukraine taking videos showing exactly the opposite of what Vladimir Putin is claiming. And that's bugging him. That's making him upset. And that's good to one extent. We want him to feel cornered. We want him to have to give up. But uh, he's not there yet. I think he's pretty stubborn. He'll keep doubling down until somebody takes him out. Somehow, somebody takes him out of the equation. And there was a suggestion from a U.S. senator about just that. We'll talk about that in a moment. So, Senator Lindsey Graham, you know, that piece of shit that we all hate, made an interesting tweet. He said, is there a Brutus in Russia? Now, he's referencing the story of Julius Caesar, who was killed by... So he's essentially asking for Putin to be assassinated by someone inside Russia. Now that's pretty provocative and a little reckless for a U.S. senator. That said, for the first time in my life, I have to say I agree with Lady G. Let's be honest, the only way this war ends is if Putin is taken out of power. It can either be violently or non-violently. He's not going to stop. He's not capable of stopping, so he has to be stopped. Given the country and the form of government, it's not out of the realm of possibility of a violent coup. When you deal with countries like this, where violence is a big part of government and how they handle things, no question Vladimir Putin has been very violent while in office, has done some horrific things, murdered a lot of people, What's the old axiom? Live by the sword, die by the sword? Well, that could very well be the case with Vladimir Putin. And apparently Lindsey Graham is all in for it. He's saying, yeah, go ahead. Somebody needs to take this crazy motherfucker out of there. Mm -hmm. Now... I think Lindsey's actually serious about this, and I will give him credit for making that suggestion. Probably not the wisest thing for a U.S. senator to say. That's probably going to piss off Vlad Putin. I hope Vlad Putin doesn't have some dirt on Lindsey Graham, because I think somehow that might end up getting leaked. (laughs) Well, if he's got dirt on Donald Trump, Donald Trump may have dirt on Lindsey Graham. That's certainly a possibility. Maybe Donald Trump can slip some of that dirt over to Vladimir Putin or just release it in uh, as a proxy for Vladimir Putin. I don't know. It was kind of a brave thing. I, you don't see senators speak up like that, but he's correct. Now, you don't have to kill Vladimir Putin to get him out. You can just bum rush him and... Have the guards and the military haul them out and put somebody else in there. Hopefully whoever else they get is better than Vladimir Putin, but I, I can't see how it could be any worse. But Vlad- you have to understand, Vladimir Putin and the government of Russia is much like a uh, mafia mob, a gang. You have one guy at the top that controls everything. He answers to Nobody. Everybody is terrified of him, so he does what he wants. He protects himself. He's hard to get to. So in order to actually do something to get him out of office, a coup, or have him killed, or whatever the hell they want to do, it's going to take some doing. It's going to have to be people on the inside, the close inside, to get it done. Now these people, as they see their country going to shit, not being able to buy food, not being able to get money, not being able to get technology. Maybe they get to the point where they're upset and they want to do something. thing is, we can only hope that's the case because uh, that is the only way it's going to work. That is the only way this war is going to stop. Let's keep our fingers crossed on this one and hope somebody has some balls in Russia and sees the pain that their own country is going through, not to mention Ukraine, and does the right thing, and somehow gets him out of office. Vladimir Putin, What's he 70 years old. They're talking about him having cancer and Parkinson. Don't know if any of that's true, but it's conceivable. He's old enough, and that troubles me when I say that. He's 70. I'm going to be 62. I'm not that far off. Hopefully I'm not as evil and uh, angry as Vladimir Putin is when I'm 70. Don't think I will be. Not that kind of person. I don't think anybody's that kind of person except that crazy fuck. Uh, So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But it's troubling, to say the least. All we tend to do here is wait for somebody to do something. And so often, nobody does jack shit. And then we have to suffer the consequences. In this case, Ukraine has to suffer the consequences. And it's a very sad thing. It's something that makes us all very angry and very upset. You would hope that America and the NATO groups would go in there and uh, straighten out Russia. But here's what you need to understand. Since we've had nuclear weapons in this country, no nuclear power has fired a shot at another nuclear power just has never been done. You can't do it, because once you start that, there's the prospect of a nuclear war. You don't know what the other people are going to do. I mean, typically, it's been kind of a stalemate for people in that position, you know, with Russia and America through the Cold War. That was a horrible time, because we were all fearful about the prospect of a nuclear war and how it might destroy this earth. Now we're starting to feel similar to what we felt in the Cold War, and it's not good. It's not something we need in this country. I'm convinced if we had another leader in Russia, we wouldn't be in this situation. There'd be a way to work things out. But you can't work out something with somebody who refuses to negotiate or to look at any other options. People like Putin, people like Trump, they're special personalities that just refuse to do it. These personalities should not be leaders in any country, in any business, in any fucking PTA, anywhere. They should not be in this position because they will abuse it and they will use it to only benefit themselves. All right, let's talk about something that's a little more positive, at least for us. The House Select Committee made a court filing That is, in my estimation, kind of a turning point in this whole thing with the insurrection. The House Select Committee is asking for emails from lawyer John Eastman. Now, you might recall John Eastman. He was Trump's lawyer, one of Trump's lawyers, and one of the idiots that stood on a stage on January 6th and incited the insurrectionist. You remember him. He's a goofy-looking fuck. Eastman says because he was Trump's lawyer, those emails are privileged. The select committee says in a court filing that because Trump and Eastman were committing crimes, that invalidates any privilege. Now, the important point here isn't the emails, and it's not John Eastman. The most uh, compelling news is that for the first time, the House Select Committee has stated that Donald Trump has committed crimes attempting to block an election and take power of the country. That is seditious conspiracy, and guess what? They say they have fucking evidence. Now, if the judge accepts this argument and releases the emails, well, then that spells trouble for Merrick Garland and the DOJ, because at that point they're kind of forced to do something. House Select Committee claims crimes and shows evidence. A judge said, yeah, I see that. Release the emails. Now, here we have a judge saying there's evidence that the former president of the United States committed crimes, that John Eastman committed crimes. And those crimes were so horrific, they were seditious conspiracy trying to overthrow this country. So now that Merrick Garland has this on his desk, what the fuck do you do with it? you got to do something. You can't just sit there and say, well, I don't know. That could be trouble. No, you got to do something. You've often said no one's above the law. Donald Trump is definitely no one, and, uh, but he's not above the law. And his crimes are so horrible that they need to be addressed. As I've said before, uh Merrick Garland is concerned about getting too political in who he prosecutes. you know, said it before, say it again um, if he prosecutes a Republican president, then we're going to get people wanting to prosecute Joe Biden, maybe about nothing but that whole process will go, and it will be a big shit show. but this is a little different situation. this is a high crime. This is something that's going to overturn our country if it was successful. That has to be addressed. These people have to be accountable, because if they are not, you your political reasons for not prosecuting are minuscule compared to the fact that every other president, every other administration, every other congressman and senator is going to say, well, Yeah, it's technically illegal, but you can get away with it. They aren't going to do anything to you. And then that is the ruination of our government and ultimately of our country. So Merrick Garland has a lot on his plate. He's got a lot on his shoulders. And he's going to be forced to do something. And I have a feeling that the House Select Committee really had that in their strategy, in their plans. Instead of going to Merrick Garland and saying, Here you got to do this, and then have him delay it or not do anything with it. Uh, Put him in a put him in a corner, make it known to the general public, and then he has to do something. Now, if he chooses to do nothing, then he's going to get the backlash and uh, reap the complaints and the angry people that he deserves. We've talked a lot about Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland is uh, is a decent man. He's honest. He understands politics. He tries to keep the DOJ out of politics, which is the thing to do. But this is a difficult situation. This is going to put Merrick Garland in a tight spot. He may not want to get political, but he's going to have to in this situation because the crimes are that fucking bad and that fucking dangerous to this country. We can't afford anybody else doing something similar to that. Because next time it may work, and then our democracy is done. And thank you, Merrick Garland, for doing nothing to hold people accountable. So I think Merrick Garland will have to do something. And if he doesn't, we as a people should start a campaign saying, if Merrick Garland can't do his job, he should be fired. Now, joe biden as the president with a little integrity and credibility he can't go in and say merrick you need to do this this and this because if these branches of government work properly the president shouldn't have any undue influence over the doj they should be just dealing with crimes and laws and such so biden's not going to go over to uh Merrick Garland and say, you got to do this, you got to do that. That's not going to happen. It did happen with Donald Trump, and that went to shit pretty quickly. Now, that said, Biden, with enough pressure, can and would fire Merrick Garland. You can't have somebody running the DOJ, being the attorney general of this country, with no credibility, nobody trusting him, nobody liking him, especially with an election coming up. Joe Biden has to do what he has to do and and, and keep his people happy if he hopes to get the votes in the midterms or even in 2024. So he's going to have to address this situation. You see how tight this situation is overall. There's pressure on Merrick Garland, and he's going to have to react accordingly. There's pressure on Joe Biden. I mean, the fact is the crimes are there. They need to be addressed. They need to be investigated. They need to be prosecuted, no matter who fucking did this. So it's going to be interesting to see how Merrick Garland reacts. And I think the House Select Committee is doing the right thing. They're putting that pressure on. They're making making him feel the pinch. And now he has to do something. It's not something you can throw off on another desk and say, oh, I didn't get to it. Oh, I fi- forgot about it. All the eyes are going to be on Merrick Garland once we know all of these crimes that occurred. And he's going to have to do something. I got my fingers crossed. Hopefully he does, because we need something done soon. People are getting tired of waiting. Now, Donald Trump Jr.'s fiancée, Kimberly Guilfoyle, she has been subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. Now, she was asked to attend, and she was going to attend, and then she decided not to attend. So they had to compel her with a subpoena. Now, of course, she's the woman that lured Donald Trump Jr. away from his wife and his kids. And i got to be honest with you. In retrospect, he may have done his family a fucking huge favor. Because Donald Trump Jr. is going to be in a mess. He could go to jail. He could have all kinds of problems. He could end up broke as anybody could be. And the fact that his kids and his ex-wife won't be in the middle of it, that may be a good thing. I don't know them, so I don't know if they're good people or not. But they got to be better than Donald Trump Jr. And then you've got Kimberly Guilfoyle. This woman's a former lawyer who lost her license because she didn't pay the fees or whatever. She was also on Fox News for a long time. And it's funny with Kimberly Guilfoyle. From a distance, she looks kind of like an attractive woman. But as you get closer to her, that bitch is scary looking. And now she's dating and engaged to marry some fucking crackhead, hapless, incompetent fuck like Donald Trump Jr. Now, let's be honest. Donald Trump is a dumb motherfucker. His son, Don Jr., is considered a dumb motherfucker by his dad. <laughs> how bad it is! How bad is it when a dumb fucker thinks you're a dumb fucker? <laughs> that means you're pretty bad. And I've seen the videos of uh, Don Jr. Uh, we're constantly seeing him, and he's ranting and raving. He's incoherent. His eyes are squinting. He clearly looks like he's doing coke or Adderall or whatever the fuck he's doing. But Donald Trump Jr. is in trouble. He's always struggled with the fact that his father doesn't like him, doesn't trust him, doesn't think he's smart. So he's always trying to prove things. And I find it always very funny when I see Donald Trump and his kids, Ivanka, Eric, and Don Jr. Not so much the other one, Barron, because that's a different circumstance. But those three, see them together hugging, putting their arms around each other like they've been best of friends. They love each other because they're family. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump Donald Trump was nowhere around when Junior and Eric and Ivanka were being erased by Ivana Trump. He wasn't around. He was too busy messing around with other women, losing tons of money, and acting like a big shot and playing shitty golf. Oh, and shitting his pants. He didn't have time for the kids. Now the kids are old enough. They want to tap into whatever money Donald Trump has. And it's a lot less than everybody thinks. So they are his buddies. And now that, now that they are adults, he can party with them and talk to them and uh, ask them advice or give them advice. Either way, they're fucked. Neither one has the ability to give any kind of good advice. But they act like they're all buddies, and they're not. Donald Trump is an asshole. He's impossible to deal with, and I'm sure his kids hate that fucker more than anything. But it was good money hanging out when he was president. It's good money when he had money and actually businesses that were making money. It's going to be interesting, though, to see how long they stick around, how long it's going to take before they throw him under the bus. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is Don, Don Trump is going to throw them under the bus. It, you know, it reminds me of uh, John Gotti and Sammy the Bull. Now, Sammy the Bull was his, I don't know if it was his consigliere or his right-hand man or whatever. John Gotti, they were best of buddies. They were close. They got that Omerita thing where nobody gives up anything. But then John Gotti gets into prison, <laughs> and so does Sammy the Bull. I don't know what the circumstances were. could have been anything. But they're in jail, and John Gotti, this big-shot leader of a mob, starts talking shit about Sammy the Bull. He starts pawning things off on Sammy the Bull. Now, Sammy the Bull finds this out somehow within the jail system. Sammy the Bull gets pissed off and said, Fuck it, I'm giving you everything about uh, John Gotti, and we're going to bury this motherfucker. And that's what happened. John Gotti was going to throw him under the bus. Instead, Sammy the Bull threw him under the bus. Uh, Sammy the Bull got out for a little bit. Then he was in again. Then he's out again. But John Gotti died in jail. I see a similar situation with Donald Trump and his kids. There is no, there is, is no respect in this business. It's all about me. It's all about protecting me. The only person that matters is me. So if Donald Trump thought he could get out from under something by blaming it on his kids, absolutely. But his kids are going to be Sammy the Bull. They're young. They have futures. They don't want to spend time in jail. So they're going to say, fuck it. All right, we'll give you everything on daddy. We're going to give you everything. And let's be perfectly honest with you. um, Donnie Trump is the big crime boss, criminal fucker that's responsible for everything. It's not to say that Ivanka, Don Jr., and Eric haven't committed some crimes. They're probably going to have to pay a price for some of that as well. But they're going to want to take some time off their incarceration, and the best way they can do that is throw Donald Trump under the bus. We've not gotten to that as yet, but trust, that is coming. These people will be trying to blame everybody but themselves, and all four of these clowns will only be in it for themselves. A brother will throw a brother under the bus. A dad will throw a son or daughter. A daughter will throw a brother or dad under the bus. Doesn't fucking matter. All that matters is these are narcissistic, sociopathic fucks, and they will eat each other alive if that's what's necessary to survive. Just like Sammy the Bull and John Gotti, the Trump family isn't that different, except for the fact that John Gotti and Sammy the Bull were a little smarter than these fucking idiots and made more money than these fucking idiots. These people are just an embarrassment. How they've gotten this far and been able to survive is absolutely beyond me. Now, the last story I want to talk about is William Barr. Oh, there's another piece of shit. But he's risen to the top again. Why? Because he wrote a fucking book. Of course he wrote a book. I'm going to tell you something, and I hope you'll abide by this. Do not buy this fucking book. Any story worthwhile hearing will come out in the news or YouTube or some shit. Do not put money in this fucking piece of shit's pocket. Do not buy the book. But he did tell a story that that I found kind of interesting. Remember, Bill Barr ended up resigning from his position as attorney general. And to be perfectly honest with you, he was a shitty attorney general. He was criminal. He was corrupt. He helped Donald Trump get away with a lot of shit. I just want to say something real quick about this. I always get these people who come to me and said, we've been trying to get Donald Trump for years, five years, and nobody's done a fucking thing to him. No, that's not true. Because when he was president, he was protected by the office, not to mention the Republicans, and by having his lackey as attorney general in the DOJ. There was no way while he was president that he was going to be held accountable for anything. So the investigations and the accountability didn't occur in the first four years. It just started when he got out of office. So all of this activity, all of these investigations and all this shit is really a little more than a year. It's not been five years. And I get tired of people talking about that. If you don't understand how this shit works, then shut up. Just shut up, because I get tired of the negativity when people come and say, nothing's going to happen to Trump and this and that. Fuck you, shit's already happening to Trump. And it's going to get worse. But anyway, William Barr talked about how he decided to resign. So William Barr's in the office with Donald Trump, uh, presumably in the Oval Office, because Donald Trump wants to be the star, wants to be the big shot. And Donald Trump is throwing out all these election fraud issues and all this shit. And William Barr couldn't possibly figure out a way to agree with him because it was so stupid. So William Barr said to him, yeah, that's all bullshit. Just let it go. It's going to hurt you more than help you. This whole election fraud is not true. Just let it fucking go. And then apparently Donald Trump tried to lay out some other scenarios to make him believe he was trying to sell William Barr on his ideas. And now by this time, Donald Trump was getting pretty upset. He was getting mad as he was trying to teach this attorney general. Well, then William Barr says to him, well, I can see you're getting pretty mad at me, pretty upset, and maybe I'm not new in the job here. I'd be happy to tender my resignation. Donald Trump looks at him, he slaps the desk, and he looks at him, and he says, accepted. (laughs) I'm sure Bill Barr was relieved when he knew he was going to be out from underneath that stupid fuck. But anyway, Donald Trump's angry now, so he says, don't even go back to your office. Just go home. Get the fuck out of here. So that's what William Barr did. But regardless of what stories he tells about Donald Trump now and how he is appalled by different things that Donald Trump did, the fact of the matter is the whole time he was in office, he protected Donald Trump. He allowed Donald Trump to cheat, commit crimes, and not hold him accountable. So no matter what he does now, that's not going to fix it. That stink is on William Barr. He is a piece of shit, and he should be known as such for the remainder of his life. He is one of the worst attorney generals we've ever had. He's done more damage to this country than any attorney general in history. He's a piece of shit. He can beg for forgiveness. He can say, Well, I didn't know this or I didn't know that. Doesn't fucking matter. He is the worst. Don't buy his book. Don't listen to his shit. But I wanted to tell you this one story because I guess we would have manufactured it in our minds that that's exactly how it would go. But it's nice to hear that that's what happened. All right, well, let's wrap up the Rational Boomer. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. It's much appreciated. Again, if you have questions, comments, complaints, email me directly. RationalBoomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm. Look for Rational Boomer Podcast. Leave a voicemail. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. All right. You have a great day. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast.